It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to Pushing the Limits. Glad you could join us. And uh, broadcasting all over the place, man, on the FMAM dial, of course, on YouTube, TikTok, Twitch. We're all over the place, and we're glad you make us a part of your afternoon. We made it to Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's right. Josh McDaniels did not, but we did. And welcome to the show. Had to throw a cheap shot in there. I had to do it. Um, good guests lined up for you today. We got a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. At the bottom of the hour, his name is Kevin Smith, not Kevin Smith, the director. <laughs> not silent bob no although i love i love i love his work by it's the a way. great movie i love his work um but uh kevin smith the founder of the loud majority a conservative republican a host of the loud majority live and a big george santos supporter so i know we're going to get into a, a good spirited conversation about that and probably a lot of other issues as well so he's nice enough to join us at the bottom of the hour and we will get into that coming up in hour number two of course nicole mitchell is going to be joining us a uh, lot of pop culture stories in the news this week. Obviously, the Matthew Perry story is is the biggest one of them all. Really sad and really tragic. We'll talk to her about that. And oh my God, Britney Spears' memoir is just exploding, right? And I think there's reasons for that because I think, uh, and we'll talk about that with Nicole in hour two, but I think she was very honest in this memoir. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that coming up in hour number two. Um, I want to start off by a very sad announcement for Donald Trump's kids, particularly his daughter. Uh, a New York appeals court has denied a bid uh, for Ivanka Trump to avoid testifying in this $250 million fraud trial of her family and its business empire. And the excuse that she gave was about her kids. All she needed to be there for her kids as if there's no father in the picture. I, I find that to be very interesting. And she's saying, well, because it's a school week, you know, uh, can we extend it? And, of course, the judge said absolutely not. Uh, so uh, Ivanka Trump is going to be appearing in a Manhattan Supreme Court next week to be testifying under oath. Now, with that being said, Donald Trump's other kids, as I like to call them, Uday and Kuse, also known as Eric and Don Jr., just two complete buffoons. Uh, have not helped their father any in this case, that's for sure. Donald Trump Jr. testified a few days ago. He played dumb. He said he had nothing to do with any of these business dealings. And then Eric Trump made it even worse for his dad as well. Again, played dumb uh, when it was Donald Trump himself in a deposition that was asked about, you know, who's making these financial dealings and and who's saying how much this is worth and how much. And he referred to his son, Eric, and then Eric takes the stand under oath and says, oh, I had nothing to do with it. It's absolutely hilarious. It's pathetic. And yes, it's the Trump crime family, ladies and gentlemen. Now, to make it even more laughable, Eric Trump, who might be the dumbest of all the Trumps, and that's a pretty, pretty low bar spoke outside of a courthouse and he had this to say after his testimony we're going to kind of dissect it a little bit he, uh, and again maybe you'll realize and understand why i call him one of the, probably the dumbest trump in, in the entire family have a listen to this uh, but what this state is trying to do with my father 
is absolutely insane. We have one of the greatest companies anywhere in the world. We employ thousands of New Yorkers. These people, they make their living relying on us. They feed their families relying on us. We've never missed a note. We've never missed a payment. We've never defaulted on a loan. We've got some of the greatest properties in the world. Okay, so first of all, just because you have some of the greatest properties in the world has nothing to do with this case. That that has nothing to do with committing fraud. Just because you've always paid loans or just because, for example, you haven't deferred on anything is completely irrelevant right now to this case. This is why they have already been found guilty of fraud. They've been found guilty of fraud because they've, by hundreds of millions of dollars, inflated their assets. They committed fraud. It doesn't matter how nice your properties are, and it doesn't matter whether you paid back loans or not. What matters is the fraud that you committed. And because you have an attorney general that plays politics with everything, you've seen that time and time again. She effectively went after the last governor and threw him out of office because she wanted to run. And then she got 2% in the polls. All of you saw that. She's come after my father ruthlessly. Every single day. But again, Letitia James and the votes that she got or the percentage of the vote she got, again, has absolutely and positively nothing to do with this case. This is what the Trumps like to do. Look at that shiny object on the wall, but let's not talk about the real issue at hand. Letitia James and the votes that she got or her popularity, again, has absolutely nothing to do with this case, like literally zero. But Eric Trump, outside of a courtroom, would like to lead you to believe, discredit her, talk about the votes. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. And it makes absolutely no sense. But again, this is what Eric Trump is trying to do. Trump is in this court. Guess what? She shows up. Why? Because it's her press moment. That's what she does. This is the type of person that's running New York State. And at the same time, you have people getting shot in the streets. You had a little kid that got shot in the head in Times Square recently. You have people getting thrown in front of trains and stations. The city's going to hell, guys. And I hate to say that. I'm a person who left the city because it's going down the tubes. And it breaks my heart because there's no place I love more in the world. She should be an advocate for businesses that pay a lot of taxes. <laughs> let's do let's great things. Let's interject here again. Um, again, Eric Trump deferring to things that have nothing to do with this case. So now Eric is talking about the crime in the city and how a kid was shot in Times Square, which is by, by the way, it's a tragedy, but has absolutely nothing to do with this case. And what he's trying to correlate this to is look at all the crime in this city. Letitia James is terrible at her job. So because of that, my family must be innocent. Now, unless you're a MAGA moron and you wear Donald Trump knee pads, you're not going to buy that. Just like the judge isn't buying Eric or Don Jr.'s testimony or anybody with a brain or anybody with any legal capabilities or legal education wise is believing anything that Eric Trump is saying here. But again, he talked about Letitia James. He talked about her support, talked about the crime in New York City about how they always pay back loans. Again, nothing to do with the actual case at hand. Look at the shiny object in the room, and let's not focus on the real issues. Is They pay a lot of taxes and do great things and meet their commitments and pay off their debts. She should be an advocate for that. She should also go out and fight for the little guys as opposed to trying to be an advocate of Deutsche Bank, 
who literally loves us, who said we have done absolutely nothing wrong and we were great lenders and we've made them hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and every project that we've ever done with them has been a massive success. But she's using a broken system. She's using a rig system. And it's very, very sad. And I know the truth will come out in the end. We haven't done a single thing wrong. They're trying to disqualify my father for 2024. He's leading in all the polls. And it's sad that this is the United States of America. And, and right now, make no mistake about it, maybe through your very lenses, the entire world is watching this and they're laughing about what's going on. The entire state of Florida right now, when they value a property like Mar-a-Lago at $18 million, is laughing, is laughing at New York State and laughing at New York State Attorney General and laughing at, quite frankly, a court system. Okay, so let me be very clear here. Most of the world is not laughing at Letitia James or our court system. Most of the world is laughing at you, your idiot brother, Don Jr., laughing at your sister and laughing at your father and your family that is an absolute joke and pathetic. That's who they're laughing at. And it's interesting to me because he's saying outside of a courtroom, we're going to win this thing. Could he be possibly more stupid? That would be like saying the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to win this thing in the World Series against the Texas Rangers. Now, anybody with an IQ over five would probably say, well, wait a second, Brian, that doesn't make any sense because the Texas Rangers just won. They just won the World Series. The World Series is over. That applies to this case. A judge has already ruled that they committed fraud. There already was a ruling in this case. Now they're trying to figure out damages. When Eric Trump says we're going to win this thing, they can't win this thing. It's like saying Donald Trump won the 2020 election. And he uses the same terminology that uh, the orange turd uses, which is rigged, you know, and he said, we fight for the little guys. Let me ask all of you a question. When you think about people in this world or people in this country that have a lot of money or people that are celebrities or famous people, whether they be politicians or a former president, when you think of the people in this country that quote, fight for the little guys is the number one person on your list. The Trump family, give me a freaking break. This is an embarrassment. What does he mean by we're going to win this thing? The judge already made a ruling in this case. Newsflash, Eric. They, you guys already lost. So I really don't understand what he's saying, except to try to, again, attack, 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 and go after our justice system. Go after Letitia James. Go after everybody. Well, I got some bad news for you, Eric, buddy. I got some bad news for you. Don Jr., Biff, as I like to call him, Uday and Kuse. Your sister's got to show up in court next week. She's got to testify. I know it's going to be really hard for her after the $2 billion that her and Jared received from the Saudis to hire a babysitter, but she's going to have to testify under oath, and she'll probably play stupid as well. And then the former president of the United States is going to have to testify as well. It's only going to get worse for the Trump family. It's only going to get worse. And no, Eric, again, newsflash, you didn't win. You already lost, just like your father lost in the 2020 election. You lost. I will take a few phone calls on this. If there are anybody, if there's anybody out there that would like to uh, join the show, 702-221-7283. And again, that number to call uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-SAVE if you'd like to be a part of the conversation. We're talking about uh, the courts, the Trump family, and what is going on there. And uh, Eric Trump making some statements outside the courtroom. So bad news for Ivanka 
as she's going to have to travel to Manhattan and testify under oath next week. Uh, the former president of the United States is going to have to testify as well. But let me be clear on this again, because maybe Eric doesn't understand how this works. You already lost. A judge already made a decision in this case. Now, I don't know if they're going to have to fork up $250 million, but they're certainly going to have to fork up a lot of money because they committed fraud and they inflated what their assets were by hundreds of millions of dollars. And when he talks about Mar-a-Lago being $18 million, that might be a little low, but it ain't $2.5 billion which is what they put in documents. It's not worth two and a half billion. Could it maybe be worth a hundred million, 50 million? I don't know. I'm not an expert. Probably not 18 million. That's kind of low, but I think two and a half billion, a, a bit higher. That's inflating what your properties are worth, period. Now, I want to switch to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And I've made my opinions known about what has taken place there. And by the way, I always have. And I think it's pretty simple. Right? Hamas is are the people, the terrorists, the murderers who started this mayhem and what is taking place in the Middle East right now. And I want to get to some audio here in a few minutes when it comes to Jesse Waters, who I think made some really irresponsible statements on Fox News about the Palestinian people, because it can go both ways. But I promised I would take some phone calls, so I will do that. 702-221-7283. And again, that number, 702-221-7283. Let's start off with uh, Henry. Henry, what's up? Hey, how's everybody doing? Doing good, Henry. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? So I'm just going to give you a little advice. You seem to give all of all of us some advice. I'm going to give you some advice. I would stop worrying about Trump, and I would fix my personal life. I would stop worrying about Trump, and I would worry about my personal life. What's that supposed to mean? Um, Brian, can you even rent a car in your name? Could I even rent a car in my name? Sir, yeah. do you have anything of substance that you would like to talk no, no, about? No, no, no. Let's, let's, just, let's just start with that. Can you even do anything in your name before you sit here and criticize us? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a show in my name. So okay. so you're uh, trying to take personal well, take shots at me when you don't know me. Henry, 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 and, um, uh, Henry, Henry. Yourself. Okay, we're going to pod you Have down a for a day, second, bro. Henry. Oh, so now you're going to ha- just hang up the phone? Did Henry just hang up the phone? Brilliant call, Henry. Really intelligent call, Henry. Very intelligent. So I'm talking about serious issues. And the only thing you have to add to this conversation is stop worrying about Trump and worry about your personal life. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a MAGA Republican calling into the show. I will give advice for Henry. Henry, go back to school, try to get an education. And then when you call into a radio show, try to make a valid point about the topic at hand, not calling in trying to make a personal insult. I don't know who Henry is. Clearly, I guess he thinks he knows who I am. I don't, I don't know who that was that called in. But it's sad that we live in a country today where we talk about a lot of serious issues. It could be the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Uh, it could be about that. You know, it, it, it could be about Donald Trump. And the reason why I talk about Donald Trump on this show, the reason why, by the way, every other news outlet, talk show, TV show, doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter whether it's MSNBC or Fox News, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're all talking about Donald Trump. By the way, to give Henry a little bit of advice, I actually just rented a car a few months ago, so I'm not sure what that meant. <laughs> I can't rent a car. 
By the way, I own a car in my name. But, you know, I did rent a car when I visited my family. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure what that I'm not sure what that was a very bizarre statement. I'm not sure what that meant. But um, the show is in my name. <laughs> I don't know. That was that was a weird phone call, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that phone call. That was very strange. Sorry to tell Henry, but I do own my own vehicle. It is in my own name and I don't owe any money to it. It's paid off. So I just wanted to uh, share that with Henry. Uh, interesting. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, I want to play a little bit of Jesse Waters audio, if I may. Um, Jesse Waters made some what I would consider ridiculous statements on Fox News. I think most people would agree, Republican and Democrat, that not every Palestinian is a bad person. Not every Muslim is a bad person. Not every Israeli is a bad person, right? We all agree there are bad people. It doesn't matter where you live or what your religion is. There's going to be a percentage of bad people no matter who you are or where you're from, right? I think we all could agree on that. I think most Republicans and Democrats are pro-Israel for the most part. For the most part, there's going to be a few extremists on both sides. But for the most part, right, we're all pro-Israel. We agree that Israel has the right to defend themselves. And we also say that it's, it's, it's horrible. It's an atrocity, right, when innocent Palestinians are killed as well. And uh, Blinken actually spoke about that today. He made some statements after uh, returning to Israel on Friday in a press conference saying that we need to do more to protect Palestinian civilians. And I would tend to agree with him on that. However, I want you to listen to what Jesse Waters said on Fox News, because I find it to be absolutely despicable. Have a listen to this. Uh, I don't think we can have a Palestinian state at this point. I've had it with the Palestinians. I've given up on the Palestinians. If I was in Israel, I wouldn't be talking about a Palestinian state right now. I don't think Joe Biden should be talking about a Palestinian state right now. And I don't like how people tried to differentiate between the Palestinians and Hamas. To me, I see people with guns. That's Hamas. The people without the guns are the Palestinians. They believe the same thing. The Palestinians hire Hamas to run their government. You pull them. They all love killing Jews. It's in their charter. They say they believe in suicide bombings. Every time a Palestinian refugee goes to another country, it doesn't work out so well for the other country and for those Palestinians. No one wants them. You don't see Egypt opening up their doors. You don't see Jordan opening up. You don't see the Saudis. Why don't they want the Palestinians, Dana? I think we all know why they don't want the Palestinians. And it's not working out having these Palestinians and Hamas right next door to the Israelis. Okay, so first of all, Jesse Waters is wrong when he says that every Palestinian believes in Hamas. Every Palestinian out there believes the same thing. Every Palestinian wants Jews to be killed. That is such a ridiculous statement that Jesse Waters made. And I don't even believe most of the other people on Fox News believe that, but apparently Jesse Waters does. That's absurd. I had a Palestinian, a nice young man in studio a few weeks ago, 24 years old. He attends UNLV. He lost members of his family in Gaza. He grew up in Gaza. I think five members of his family he lost. My heart goes out to him. And we had a very cordial conversation. We didn't agree on everything, but we had 90-minute conversation. I can tell you right now, that young man that was in studio does not want innocent Jews to die, and he does not believe in what Hamas stands for. Jesse Waters, you are wrong. It's irresponsible, and it's also dangerous rhetoric, just as I would call out dangerous rhetoric on the left. Talib, Ilhan Omar, blaming Israel for the bomb at that hospital. Dangerous rhetoric 
that can incite violence. What Jesse Waters just, just did is the exact same thing. We have to call both sides out. That's what I try to do on this show. What Talib has done and what Ilhan Omar have done is resorting to lies about Israel. You can disagree with Israel. You can disagree with Netanyahu. You can disagree with the Israeli government, and you can disagree how they're defending themselves. All fair conversations to have, right? But when you lie and you blame Israel for deaths when that bombing wasn't their fault at that hospital, Talib is inciting violence. Ilhan Omar is inciting violence, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Yes, I believe they are anti-Semitic. What Jesse Waters just did, and by the way, if you're a Republican and you're calling them out, I have no problem with that. You also should be calling out Jesse Waters because what he just did, in my opinion, is Islamophobic. And he's also generalizing every single Palestinian as supporting Hamas. That's what he said. I'm not making this stuff up. I just played you the audio on Fox News with a huge audience. Jesse Waters just said that all the Palestinians, all of them, not some, all, align with Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization that wants to kill as many innocent Jewish people as possible. You're telling me every single Palestinian person believes that? Absolute nonsense, and it's wrong. If you're going to call out Tlaib, which I have absolutely no problem with, then you got to call out Jesse Waters and anybody on the other side that is doing the exact same thing, only in this case, attacking Palestinian people verbally. It's wrong. It can't happen. We need to call it out on both sides. And luckily, most Americans in this country, Republicans and Democrats, agree. We are pro-Israel. It doesn't mean that the Israeli government shouldn't be very responsible and, and, and not try to kill innocent civilians in Gaza. But we ha- they have a right to defend themselves. We all have to conquer Hamas and wipe them off the face of the planet. Most Republicans and Democrats agree. Most of us agree on this. But we need to call out the extremes. It doesn't matter whether it's Talib or Ilhan Omar or, in this case, a Jesse Waters. They're all wrong. They're all despicable. And we need to call them out. And in my opinion, that statement alone, Jesse Waters should be fired. I know, Brian, your cancel culture. When you go on the air and you say an entire group of people want innocent Jews to die, not only is it a lie, but that could incite violence. What would happen if Jesse Waters went on the air and said all Jewish people want all people of Islam to die? Now, that would be a lie as well. He'd probably be fired for that, right? And I would I would be okay with that. He should be fired for this. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, he is the founder of The Loud Majority. He's the host of The Loud Majority Live. Uh, I've watched his show before, and I uh, wanted to get him on the show and have a good conversation. His name is Kevin Smith, and we'll be joined by him next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent 
on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Nicole Mitchell, by the way, will be joining us in hour number two. Talk a little bit about Matthew Perry and... Uh, that sad situation, really sad. I grew up a big Friends fan, as many of you as well, so I was really sad to hear about uh, his passing. Before we get to our next guest, I want to tell you guys about my good friend uh, Blake Wynn over at the Keller Williams Group. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, Blake is the grandson of the late great governor, great Republican governor we had here, Kenny Gwynn, who was able to work across the aisle. Uh, Blake is one of the best in town as far as real estate goes. He grew up here. He knows this town inside and out. Please give him a call. 702-540-3311. And again, that number, give Blake Gwynn a call. 702-540-3311. All right. The next guest we have uh, on with us right now, uh, I've actually listened to his show uh, plenty of times. And I said, I got to get this guy on the show because I want to have a good conversation with him. His name is Kevin Smith. He's the founder of The Loud Majority and the host of The Loud Majority uh, Live. Kevin Smith joins us right now uh, on the line. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Good to have you here. How are you? How's it going? Thanks for having me. I, I made sure to tell everybody you're not Kevin Smith, the director. I'm sure you get that a lot. <laughs> so, uh, I did stand up comedy for a couple of years. And every time I uh, every time I was announced, people thought that Silent Bob was coming out. And every, every time they were disappointed. I like Kevin Smith. Nothing against Kevin Smith. I think he's a great oh, director. He's awesome. Uh, so it's not a bad thing, by the way. No, no. Uh, anyway, I'll take the Oscar anytime. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. All right. So I'm listening to one of your podcast space podcast and you had george santos on right the other day mm-hmm. actually right after uh they voted to keep him in and not out him uh you had 31 democrats i believe at least 31 that voted not to out him but there were plenty of republicans that voted to do so what are your thoughts on uh this whole situation with george santos you know i think it's wild and it's not about what you think about george or, or what he said going up to the campaign it's the fact that expulsion is serious and Unfortunately, I think that past the Donald Trump era or in the Donald Trump era and past it, we we have really gotten away from the norms of of what it means to be in governance. You know, I think uh, I think prior to this expulsion, there had only been five expulsions in the history 
of the uh, the House of Representatives. Three of those were for people who actively fought with the Confederacy, uh, you know, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, so I think that if you're going to expel a member of Congress, you you know, you ought to be sure of what they did. And George hasn't been found guilty of anything yet. He's uh, he's in the in the trial stages of his um, of of the accusations against him. And I think we at the very least should wait and see. Uh, what happens there? Moreover, when it comes to Democrats, you know, I'm I'm I hate to say this, but I'd like to live in the same world that they live in, where they seem to not never care when a member of their own side either lies or makes things up or flat out breaks the law. And I'd like to live in that world where where we can where we're either calling out everything or we're calling out nothing because I'm sick and tired of Republicans who play this one sided game where they're they, they seem to be proud of moral losses. And they let the Democrats run rampant. So I say, you know what, until George is convicted of something, let's wait and see. OK, uh, fair enough. And and I think a lot of Democrats, the reason why they didn't vote to out him is for the reasons that you brought up. Listen, if he's convicted, mm-hmm. then that's a different story. So let me ask you that. If he is actually convicted of a serious crime in George Santos, will your opinions change? And do you believe he should still be in office? Absolutely. Uh, the the I, I It'll change based on what of the stuff he is, he is convicted of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think he's got 27 counts. Uh, the, the number somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the counts seem to be overlapping and they're charging him with the same stuff in different cases and whatnot. And if you follow any of the legal proceedings of, of Donald Trump coming up, you know, you know that sometimes they'll just, or really anybody they'll tack on like, you know, 10 extra charges so that you plead guilty to the largest one and then they knock down the other ones. So we'll see how the court proceedings go. But honestly, I, the fact that this was even brought by Republicans before there's been a conviction, I think is absolutely absurd. I will say this, though, and you can tell me whether you disagree. I mean, I remember when Menendez was indicted, you had a ton of Democrats that came forward and said that he should go. He should be outed. And I do feel like, and this is my personal opinion, that when a Republican is indicted, I hear a lot of attacks on the DOJ, defund the DOJ, fake news. These are fake charges. George Soros brought up these charges. But I do feel like when a Democrat is indicted, in this case, Menendez, there are plenty of Democrats that came forward already before he's even found guilty, which, by the way, I believe he will be, that said, we don't want him here, out him. I mean, so I would say in some cases, Democrats do come forward. I mean, you look at Al Franken, he was outed for an inappropriate photo, right? And a lot of people would have, some people at least would have a problem with that. Oh, I, first off, I don't think Al Franken should have resigned. I don't think he should have been called on to resign. Mm -hmm. I think nobody took the fact that he spent the first 50 years of his life as one of the greatest comedy writers of all time. Mm -hmm. Obviously he was being silly. Obviously he was making a joke Mm -hmm. in a time where we didn't cancel people for jokes that they made 15 years beforehand. But you know, and, and if people want to call on George to resign, I have no problem with that. As a matter of fact, they've been doing it basically since the election. But I can pretty much guarantee you that Chuck Schumer will never bring a motion to the floor to force Bob Menendez to resign or force Bob Menendez to leave in, in the way the House Republicans did for George Santos. If you think he ought to resign, sing it from the high heavens. Go ahead. That's your that's well, your right. That's your opinion. Here's but where we the, dis- it, here's where we disagree, though, I think uh, if you're convicted. You shouldn't be there. If George Santos is convicted in a court of law, he shouldn't be there. Same thing with Menendez. I, I, mm-hmm. I put I put it both ways. But let me ask you a little bit further about this, because I know you're a George Santos supporter, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to have you you know, come on the show and discuss this and have a good conversation. I don't think George Santos is a good guy. He's lied about his religion. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lied about how his mother died. 
Um, he's, he's literally lied about everything. The lies, the big lie, whether it comes to the 2020 election, he lied about how much money he has. He lied about Baruch University, NYU grad. He lied about being a volleyball store. He lied about, uh, you know, us being a struggling landlord. He even lied and said he had friends and people that worked for him that died in the Pulse nightclub shooting. Now that's not against the law, right? What I just said, these lies are not necessarily against the law. But I think it makes you a despicable human being. And I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't want despicable human beings in office. And I think George Santos, in my opinion, is despicable. Where am I wrong? Well, well, I'll be honest. If you don't want despicable people in office, then I think we should probably get rid of about 80 percent of Congress and the Senate, which I'm sure a lot of people would agree with. And look, I, yeah, yeah he, he definitely he definitely either embellished or straight out made up a lot of things. I, uh, numerous things, mm-hmm. to be totally honest with you. Um there's a bit of nuance involved in a lot of this. For example, he said he worked for Goldman Sachs, which he didn't exactly work for them. He worked for a subsidiary of them. Uh, there, there were, he didn't graduate from Baruch, but he went there. Uh, it, it was, it was little stuff like that, that, that seems to, uh, that seems to catch all the headlines. And look, so everyone knows I'm George is a friend of mine. I've, I've known him for, for several years and I don't like the fact that he made certain things up. But if we're going to kick every member of Congress out who embellished on their resume, then, uh, you know what? George ought to get in line behind an awful lot of people. Is that a fair analogy? Can you name me one Democrat that has lied running for office as much as George Santos has? Now I'll give you this. If it was only one or two lies, uh, embellishing, as you would say, then I would agree with you. And you're right. Probably 80% of people in office lie and embellish, but not, let's be honest. You're a smart guy, not to the extent that George Santos has lied. He's literally lied about everything from his education, his job experience, even deaths in his own family. I mean, the guy has literally lied about everything. I'm with you. I don't want politicians to lie, period. But I think George Santos brings it to a completely different level. And if you could name me a Democrat or even a Republican, Besides Donald Trump, because I'll be honest with you, I'm not a Donald Trump fan either, that has lied as much as George Santos has lied to his constituents, then I'm all yours. How about the fact that Adam Schiff went on television and said he had secret knowledge that Donald Trump was a Manchurian candidate, dividing this country in a way that no one ever has before? How about the fact that Ilhan Omar violated immigration law by marrying her brother? How about the fact that uh, Eric Swalwell decided to sleep with a Chinese spy for an extended period of time? We don't know that to be true. Uh, we absolutely know that to be true. In a court of law, Eric Swalwell was proven to have sleep slept with a Chinese spy. Please give me those documents because I haven't seen them. Well, no, because at the time he wasn't breaking the law. However, I think every person listening to this knows that uh, that pillow talk, you often you often reveal things you probably shouldn't reveal. And the fact that he was dumb enough to sleep with a Chinese spy in the first place ought to, okay. ought to on, on a moral level. And look, I'm not saying that George Santos didn't lie about a lot. I'm not saying he didn't lie more than anybody else. But what I'm saying is, is that until... We're ready to call out all of it. I'd like to live in the same world as 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 the rest of the people. I'm happy to in, call it all of it. All I would I would mm-hmm. just say, as far as Swallow goes, that hasn't been proven that he was sleeping with a Chinese spy. Uh, as far as uh, uh, a few other people that you had mentioned, uh, I don't endorse any lies. I'm not an Ilhan Omar fan, mm-hmm. and I am not going to defend her at all. And I wish she wasn't in office. <laughs> um, but and, and I'll be completely frank with you. I've called out the mm-hmm. squad. I don't know God knows how many times. But uh, even those things that you listed, well. If it's true, I don't condone that. It still, to me, doesn't rise to the level of literally George Santos lying about every part of his career, like literally every part about, of his career. How about Joe Biden saying that he never spoke to his son's business partners when there's photographs, there's text sure. messages, there's emails? I mean, that's the president of the United States right there. Sure. So here's what I would say to that. And by the way, 
I don't want Joe Biden to run against Donald Trump. I would also think that most Democrats probably don't want to see that. Most people in this country don't want to see Trump versus Biden. Mm -hmm. With that being said, we don't know if Joe Biden even knew that he was talking to somebody that was a business partner of his son's. And the problem that I have with this uh, situation when it comes to Joe Biden, first of all, Hunter Biden, private citizen. Mm-hmm. We've had Republicans that have been investigating this for how long now? They've Comer has literally come up with nothing. That's would, not true. Okay, so what has Comer come up with that you would consider an actual crime and a smoking gun? Because I haven't seen anything. Well, as well as we've seen just in the last couple of days, uh, there was a payment made to Joe Biden's uh, brother when he wasn't the vice president and he wasn't in yes. office. When he wasn't the vice president and he wasn't in office. Correct. Now in the in the, in the Hunter Biden laptop, repeatedly it talks about ten percent for the big guy. Everyone knows it. Tony Bobolinsky said it. He was a, he was a, a an associate of Hunter Biden's, a business partner. Uh, Devin Archer said it as well. That everything they did, they had to give ten percent of it. So to where Joe did Biden. those payments come from? Because they've subpoenaed every single bank account and they haven't been able to find anything. So if that is true, where is the money? Where did it go? And where's the evidence? Joe Biden has the money. He's got. And how did he two- get it? He's got over 200 shell companies. I mean, I don't know how you operate with your brother, but I know I don't loan my brother $200,000 for him to just loan me back $40,000. That's not a crime. I mean, it, it's, yeah, but it shows impropriety on his part. It, literally, if it was impropriety, it, if your issue, saying, my dad's in the room. If your issue was impropriety, then Donald Trump would be spending uh, 500 years in prison. I don't hear you talking about improprieties of Donald Trump. But now you're talking about impropriety. We're not talking about that. We're talking about actual crimes that allegedly were committed. And you haven't given me any real evidence that a crime was committed. That's what we're talking about. If you want to talk about impropriety, I'll tell you, Hunter Biden's a bad guy. Okay. He's Mm -hmm. a bad guy. He's a shady guy. He took advantage of who his father was. There's no question about that. But if we're going to talk about impropriety, then why don't we talk about Jared Kushner and the $2 billion that he received from the Saudis? You see the difference. There's impropriety Mm -hmm. and then there's law that has been broken, right? No, absolutely. But I think that Joe Biden probably wouldn't have been elected if his son had been registered as a foreign agent like he was. I think that Joe Biden pushed around the DOJ in order to get a sweetheart deal for his son on the gun charge. I think that Joe Biden, hilariously enough, talked about how having a quarter sized bit of crack cocaine should put somebody in jail for 20 years. But his son decided to, I don't know, skirt around all of all of the Eastern world, getting money from Chinese oligarchs and Mongolian warlords and Ukrainian energy companies trading off his dad's name. If Hunter Biden had had uh, registered as a foreign agent, I don't know if Joe Biden would have been elected in this country, but he didn't have to be because the ultimate privilege in this country is being the son of a Democrat. Well, uh, I I would tend to disagree with you uh, because Hunter Biden has already been indicted. And by the way, that gun charge you're speaking to was an unloaded gun that he didn't commit a crime with that he had for 11 days. I would also say you brought up Burisma and the $50,000 a month that uh, Hunter Biden was receiving. And I hate to you know go around in circles here, but if you have a problem with that, then you should probably have a problem with the $2 billion that Jared received from the Saudis. If you remember, Donald Trump didn't bring Mike Pompeo over there to Saudi Arabia. He brought Jared Kushner, and then all of a sudden they get the $2 billion check. Now, listen, I'm with you. If you Mm -hmm. want to come up with some laws that say you can't take advantage of who your father is or who your mother is, you can't take advantage of their last name, like Hunter Biden did or like Kushner did and Ivanka did, then I'm with you. Let's put Mm -hmm. those laws on the books. I'm with you 100%, my man. But those laws are not on the books, right? And I just feel like if we're going to have a problem with Hunter Biden, who was, by the way, a private citizen, Jared Kushner working in the Trump administration, 
If you're going to talk about you have a problem with Hunter with no experience, we know how he got that money. It's it's obvious. We agree. If you have a problem with that, then you also have to have a problem with Jared Kushner and Ivanka and the money that the Trump family made when Donald Trump was president. I just don't hear that from Republicans, and I find that to be hypocrisy. Well, I think because a lot of it is that a lot of these business deals go on before – well, they went on or they began, I should say, before Donald Trump was in office, and they were just – Finishing it up, I'm sure. If you're getting that much money from anywhere on planet Earth, it's not like Jared received the money two weeks. Jared Kushner received the money two weeks after Trump left office. Yeah, I'm sure the deal takes a very long time to go through. Sure. Why do you think that deal went through? You think it might have had something to do with uh, Donald Trump being the president of the United States, sending Jared Kushner over there to Saudi Arabia? You think that might have had something to do with it? I'll be honest with you. I wish every American was out of Saudi Arabia. So if Jared Kushner was doing that, then. Then let's look into it. But we we would agree, though, right? Yeah. Uh, Jared Kushner used Donald Trump. There's no question. Hunter Biden, I have no doubt, used who his father was to get some of these business dealings. I agree with you on that as well. Inappropriate or impropriety is the word you would use, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I wouldn't disagree with, is different than criminality. The only point I'm trying to make is, you know, for eight years, Republicans, in, or I'm sorry, eight investigations, I should say, into Hillary Clinton and Benghazi. We heard it for years, very similar to the Hunter Biden laptop, laptop stuff. Eight Republican-led investigations, and Hillary Clinton was not only uh, not found guilty of a crime, but wasn't indicted on anything. I feel like this is the same thing. They've had a lot of time to investigate Joe Biden. They've subpoenaed bank records, uh, so on and so forth. They haven't come up with anything of substance that would say, there's the smoking gun. Joe Biden committed crimes. And I, I think that's what we should be talking about here. Did he commit a crime? Did he not commit a crime? Let me ask you a question. Of the 91 felony counts that Donald Trump is facing right now, do you think they're serious? Do you think there's evidence? No, well, no. I think that if you show me the man, I'll find you the crime, as the old uh, as the old saying goes. Uh, let's just take the case today that was uh, that was postponed in the documents case. Now, why is Donald Trump being brought up and not Mike Pence and not Joe Biden? Because they, and I can answer that. I can answer that because Mike okay. Pence and uh, our president, Joe Biden, complied and Donald Trump defied a subpoena for a year. Why did Donald Trump defy a subpoena for a year? Yeah, you're right. You're right. They did comply, but they still took the documents in the first place. If I rob a bank and then give the money back, I still robbed the bank. I think robbing a bank and in some cases uh, allegedly accidentally taking documents that you didn't know you had are two completely different things. Uh, well, ignorance to a crime is not is not a a plea. Oh, I didn't know. I was right. Doing but there's it. malice to crimes and then there's non malice. For example, when Joe Biden uh, found out that, yes, these documents and his attorneys found out documents in his judge, they immediately turned it over and they complied. Same thing with Mike Pence. And by the way, I'm not a Mike Pence defender by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. I just feel like in this case, when you defy a subpoena for a year and you're on audio, you're showing some of these classified documents. Trump is caught on audio with people who had no security clearances. Let me be very clear. If Joe Biden did that, I'd be calling him out for the exact same thing. That is beyond egregious to do that sort of thing. And and I do find it to be serious. And I'm surprised you don't. I do find it serious that no one seems to care that Joe Biden had classified documents in his garage. Who did he show them to? Is there audio of him showing them to uh, people that did not have security clearances? Did he not defy a subpoena? I mean, give me the evidence. Well, that they he- were at they were at the University of Pennsylvania. They were at his office in New York City. They were uh, in his garage. They were in his uh, beach house, I believe. Mm-hmm. So how, how many more are there is the question. Also, let's make the distinction between vice presidents and presidents. Presidents have the ability to to declassify documents in a way that vice presidents or at the time senators 
simply do not. As a matter of fact, just remove you when you go into one of those skiffs. I've never been into one of them, but from people I've heard who have been in them, yeah. like you you can't bring your cell phone, you can't bring anything in there, you can't take anything out. So I want to know how Joe Biden was able to not only take the classified documents out of the skiff, out of the building, and bring them to his house and leave them right. in his open garage. So what we don't My- know, what we don't know is if Joe Biden did that himself. We don't know uh, whether that was the case where he knew. First of all, we don't know if he knew that they were there for how long. We also don't know whether he took the documents there or not. All we know is that he has uh, worked with the DOJ. He has complied as Mike Pence did. And I think that's number one. And Donald Trump has failed to do so for a year. And I just think there's a a fine line difference. I'm not saying if a a former president or a current president or a vice president, if they have classified documents where they shouldn't have them, I don't, I'm not defending that at all. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is there's a fine line, in my opinion, between what Joe Biden and Mike Pence did and what Donald Trump did. Well, I would say there's a much broader line between a senator, a vice president, or Senator slash vice president, a vice president and a president in just about what they're allowed to have, how they're allowed to have it, how they're allowed to declassify them. I think the bigger problem is, and I I know many on the right feel this way, is that it just seems like and I know you've just said that you care both ways. Sure. You might you might be alone in that one. It seems like no one seems to care about anything. Anyone else does, unless it's Donald Trump. I mean, just take this case in New York. They're claiming that he overinflated his assets in order to get better interest rates and better tax cuts. Well, they're not claiming. A judge already uh, made the case, and and they were found guilty of that already. Well, first off, the fact that that they didn't even allow a jury to hear the case, that some hippie communist judge decided to make that, and that is not a disparaging comment. The man is a radical leftist. The fact that he was even able to make that claim on the property, particularly on the Mar-a-Lago property, is shocking to me. Why is the judge why is the judge a hippie communist? What has he done that would lead you to believe that he is? In many of his in many of the speeches he has given, he is he is a a far leftist. What has he said that would lead you to believe that he is a far leftist? Just in many of his talks, I don't. I don't have it. All you don't have it all. So give me one yeah, quote. I'm, I'm give, give me one thing that the judge has said. Because if you're going to call somebody a hippie communist, I think you have to have something to back that up. Like I could call Donald Trump a despicable liar. I could mm-hmm. call George Santos a despicable liar. And right now, I can give you a hundred quotes that they've said for Trump, probably millions of quotes. But if you're going to call a judge uh, what you just called him a communist and a far lefty, give me one example because I think. Well. He, I, well I, I, how about the fact that he has placed a gag order on Donald Trump? He's not well, yeah, because he's going case. after members of, of the uh, people that work under the judge. You support that? That who makes worked, him a communist who worked, who worked for Chuck Schumer, the elected New York senator. So because somebody worked for Chuck Schumer, that gives somebody the right to attack somebody personally and go after somebody, a clerk. You're OK How with that? No, but how about the BC? This is the exact example I'm talking about. You seem very upset about this, but no one seems to be upset. No, at the I'm fact upset at the that fact so that so many would... people claimed that there was a tape of Donald Trump getting peed on by Russian hookers. Who did Nobody that? Nobody cared. Who, who claimed Nobody that? Nobody cared that who that was that? made up. Who said that? What what prominent uh, politician uh, said that? Adam Schiff. Okay, guess what? If Adam Schiff claimed that that happened, then Adam Schiff is a hundred percent wrong because there's no evidence that that happened. However, I think, it's also, I think it's also disingenuous to not allow the guy running for president to talk about, let's be honest, probably the the one item that is going to be the biggest decider in this election, his own cases. The point I'm trying to make is, and again, you could correct me if I'm wrong. That's why I brought you on to have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. When a Republican is indicted, 
or a Republican is facing a judge and Republicans who are Trump supporters don't like the outcome, they'll call the judge a communist or a far leftist. However, when a Democrat is indicted or John Edwards back in the day was indicted and charged and convicted, that's just fine. The judge must be great. It's not a far righty. But when Donald Trump is held to account, and by the way, the judge already ruled, and there's evidence that is overwhelming that they inflated their properties by hundreds of millions of dollars. They said Mar-a-Lago was worth two and a half billion. Now, I don't think it's worth 18 million either. I've talked to some people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. That maybe 100 million, 50 million, 100 million, but they broke the law. And my thing is, if you break the law, you need to be held to account. No. It is the bank's responsibility to assess. A pro- I could say that this pen is worth a billion dollars. It's If you buy it for a billion, that's not my problem. Right. But if you lie about your assets and tell people blatant lies that you are worth more than you are actually worth or the property is worth more, wait, hundreds of millions of dollars, there's something called fraud. It's fraud. You no, can't because do that. in the real estate business, property, if anybody who owns a home, anybody who owns any sort of asset knows that these things go up and down. If you're a billionaire, if you're a if you're a Bezos or a, or a Trump or Elon, pick pick the billionaire, you're worth is not what you actually have. Mm-hmm. If you if your real estate empire is is whatever it is, let's use a round number. Yep. If I, if my real estate empire is a billion dollars today and the real estate market crashes tomorrow, I'm going to be worth a lot less. But if the real estate market goes up, I'm going to be worth a lot more. Right. So it's not about saying you have a specific dollar amount on hand. It is what the building is appraised at. And if I want to put my house on the market for $2 million, I could do it. Doesn't mean anybody's got to buy it. So you don't think anybody committed any fraud here? You think this is these are all BS charges and they didn't do anything wrong? Nobody within the Trump organization did anything wrong? This is a radical left-wing judge, even though you didn't really give me anything or reasoning why you would say that. And Trump is not guilty. So we can move on. We can agree to disagree on that. But what would you say about all the other charges that Donald Trump is facing? Being a li- or being a liable rapist in a courtroom, 25 women accusing him of sexual assault or rape, a fake electorate scheme, Meadows, and all these people that are going to be testifying against him that are pleading guilty. Is that just a farce as well? And is that left-wing radical judges? Or maybe did Donald Trump commit some crimes? I want to make it very clear. I've worked on several elections in my life, and the phrase, find me some votes, is used in every election from your fire chief and water district all the way right up to the president of the United States. And anybody who's, if we're looking at a town and we need a certain number of votes over here in in the north side or in the south side, every single person who's ever worked on a campaign is like, all right, we got to find X number of votes in in this in this particular place. Mm-hmm. So 100%. let me let me ask you a question on that. Then mm-hmm. uh, have you ever heard a politician left or right say, "Find me some votes," and then we had an insurrection? Did that ever happen? No, because the term insurrection is absolutely ridiculous. It is a left wing ploy by so many people. They're using it so that they can use Fourteenth Amendment challenges. So what what, what was it then the when back. they were saying hang Mike Pence and 140 officers were injured and they tried to overthrow the outcome of a free and fair election? What would you? That's label? absolutely not what they did. So what That's were they ridiculous. doing then? What were they doing? It was it was a it was a riot that got out of hand. It was a riot. Just, Yes, just like the what were they like trying the, to do? Why were they there? Just like the because they were mad because we believe that the election was not fairly done, which is not true. It was a free and fair election. There's no evidence to prove that there was widespread. There's voter plenty fraud. of election. Uh, where's the evidence to prove that there was widespread voter fraud that could have changed the outcome of the election? Because they, uh, Donald Trump's own attorneys had 61 opportunities to prove it in a courtroom and they failed to do so. No, they didn't. That's not true. Don't tell your audience that every single one of those was dismissed on standing. They had they the opportunity not, to show evidence. Allowed, they were 
not allowed to show a single piece of in evidence. 15, they were all in, dismissed you on have stage. to look that up. In 15 of those 61 cases, they were allowed to show evidence and they failed to do so. 15 yeah, of- and they picked the 15 ones that they could have easily disproven. Okay, so they had their opportunity in a courtroom. Where is the evidence of widespread voter fraud? And please don't tell me 2,000 mules because no. that don't tell, don't because that movie has been fact checked and disproven countless times. No, Whereas- I think the biggest I think the biggest problem took place in the state of Pennsylvania, where they changed their election law without going through their legislature, did it with an executive order in clear violation of their own state constitution. Why did they do that? Because some people got the sniffles. So you think COVID was the sniffles? A hundred percent. It was a very bad flu. A very, very, very bad flu. Did it mean that the entire world needed to be closed? No. Okay. So, so let me just explain to you something, because I can't believe you just said that. Over a million people died of COVID. I was almost one of them. For you mm-hmm. to compare COVID to the flu is asinine and ridiculous, with all due respect. Now, I'm not a doctor. I would assume that you're not a doctor. At least I hope you're not. But to compare COVID to the flu when we were losing four to 5,000 people a day in hospitals is absurd. It's and ridiculous. it turns out the majority of those were people who died with COVID, not of COVID. According to who? According to who? Where are you getting all, that information from? All the numbers in the state of New York, which is where I live. So what all numbers What numbers in New York are claiming that, you know, they didn't die of COVID. They had COVID, but they died of something else. What did it say? Have you looked at all the death certificates? No, I haven't looked at every. Okay, I mean, so you, where are you, you getting that information from? Certificate? Andrew Cuomo admitted on Bill Maher two weeks ago that they overinflated the death count. Or, okay, or, or saying, saying that he believes that they might have overflated the death count in New York on Bill Maher's show and then correlating that to COVID is like the flu is ridiculous. You just made that. Can you name me a year where we had flu in our lifetime where over a million people died? No, as I said, it exactly. was a very, very bad flu. It was OK, but you just compared it to the flu. It's not yes. the flu. It's not the flu. We know that it was more serious than the flu. And the numbers show us that. we. Lose. I, just, I just said it was more serious than, okay. than your average flu. Okay, well, you're the one who compared it to the flu, not me. In the flu, we lose yes. thirty to 60,000 people a year. Okay, our ICU beds were filled to capacity. Why is it from the, the ICU bed? Look, I live in the most populated place. Well, maybe the second most populated place in America. They had an entire ship parked off the west side of New York that never got used. They had the entire Jacob Javits Center that never got used. We did not run out of ICU. If you live in a if, look, if you live in a rural place that has a small hospital, yes, you probably ran okay. out of. ICU. Well, Las Vegas isn't small, and I can tell you right now, I've spoken to doctors and actually people that work in the front lines. Our ICU beds were filled to capacity, and throughout the country, you could just Google this. People actually died because they couldn't get surgeries because they weren't able to because our ICU beds were filled to capacity. Does that mean that was in every single hospital across across the country? No, but you couldn't find me a year where we had a bad flu, where our ICU beds were filled to capacity and people died because they couldn't get surgery. Why do you diminish how serious COVID was? I don't understand why Republicans do that. Not all, but some. I don't understand. And by the way, all this happened under Donald Trump. I also mm-hmm. never hear people like you say things like that. COVID was created under under Donald Trump. I don't blame Donald Trump. Now, he did say it was going to be 15 cases down to zero, and he turned his COVID uh, press conferences into press rallies, and then he talked about injecting yourself with disinfectant. So I think Trump was a horrible leader when it came to COVID, but I don't blame him for the creation of COVID, which happened under Donald Trump. So you don't blame him for the creation, but you blame him that it happened under him 8,000 miles away in I China. Blame, I, to, I don't blame him. I place, just said I don't blame him for that. Yeah. Did you hear what I in just a said? Place, in a place that I want to be clear, I would pull every dollar of NGO money, mm-hmm. every dollar of research money out of China. Well, I, I would pull it out of most foreign countries, mm-hmm. but 
particularly China, the fact that we as a nation are are basically tempting God, tempting nature with this gain of function research is absolutely ridiculous. And I think, and to be honest with you, I think that a lot of people now on the right and on the left are doing a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking on what could have been done, what should have been done. And I think that's a serious problem. I think if the government had come out in the very beginning and just been honest with people and said, look, we don't know what this is. We don't know what this is. Everybody be safe. But I can name you a hundred people who had their lives, businesses closed down for no reason. All COVID ended up being on a micro level with just nothing more than making more and more billionaires, all right? Costco got to stay open. Amazon made more money than ever. The pharmaceutical companies who were making like new billionaires every 15 minutes while the mom and pop stores closed. Uh, the mayor of the city of New York called the sheriffs to arrest a local bar owner on Staten Island because he wouldn't close. But Everybody was able to go to Costco or Best Buy or Stop and Shop. There is no question, um, Kevin, that a lot of mistakes were made. And I don't like to Monday morning quarterback. Mistakes were made across the world. And I agree with you. There were a lot of inconsistencies with what places needed to close down and what places needed to open up. But I'm going to go back to Donald Trump. And uh, and, uh, one of many mistakes I think he made at that time Mm -hmm. was when we were losing Four to 5,000 people a day at the height of the pandemic. And I uh, remind you again, we've never had a bad flu in our lifetime where we've lost that many people per day. And during that time, Donald Trump was holding rallies with tens of thousands of people. Ask Herman Cain how that worked out for him. You can't because he's dead. And I wish he was still alive. That was beyond irresponsible of Donald Trump to do that. He made people sign waivers basically saying, if you die because you got COVID, you can't sue us. That was irresponsible. And I hear a lot of people saying, how did Joe Biden win the election? He didn't have the rallies that Trump had. Well, yeah, because we were in the middle of a global pandemic and that was the right thing to do. I just found that to be so irresponsible. I agree with you. A lot of mistakes were made. A lot of shops probably should have been able to remain open and go at your own risk. I understand. At the same time, I don't want 60,000 people at Allegiant Stadium not wearing masks and not being vaccinated either. There had to be some sort of happy medium. We messed up. We made a lot of mistakes. I agree with you. But I just don't, uh, with all due respect, I don't like it when people characterize COVID as a bad flu. It wasn't a bad flu. It was a, it was a global pandemic. We lost over a million people in this country. And there, I know a lot of people that got COVID that have long COVID now that have serious health issues. Two thirds of this country have comorbidities. We're not a very healthy country. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it, but. There were ICU beds that were filled to capacity in a lot of hospitals across the country. And all I'm saying is we're not going to get that, you know, from a bad flu. Well, I think a lot of it had to do, as you said, with the comorbidities. I think that this disease affected old people, well, older people a lot worse than it did young sure, kids. Absolutely. My problem, and, and just to what you said on the rallies, look, we were holding 30 person rallies out here in New York because there was nothing else to do. We didn't force right. anybody to go. If you wanted to come out, you could come out. Right. The fact of the matter was, is that if you didn't want to go to the Donald Trump rallies, you didn't have to go. And I, I know a lot of people on the right who were very sick, who decided to stay home. The problem is, is that and, and there's a larger, a larger cultural implication to all this. The, the, amount of authoritarianism or the the amount of authoritarian light that came in following COVID, whether it was closing down all the schools, closing down all the churches, it was just an ever more creeping authoritarian feeling in this country where you weren't allowed to do certain things. Where pe- And it showed that people are so willing to give up their, their God-given rights because they're told to. I mean, it turns out if you walk the, the wrong way down the supermarket aisle, 
or didn't go outside in a bubble or didn't wear two masks instead of one. It was nonsense. The whole thing. And look, like I said, a lot, a lot of people got sick. I think it was I think it was a very, very, very bad flu. As I've said numerous, I know you don't like that. But what well, I mean it's not is, true. is that because <laughs> it's not true. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. What, no, it's fine. Characterizing it as a bad flu is just not factually accurate. There hasn't been a flu by your standards in our lifetime that has even come close to the deaths we have had from COVID. And that's why it's not a bad flu. It's COVID. And it was a global pandemic, but go ahead. No, I'm not saying it wasn't a global pandemic. What I'm saying was, is that maybe we shouldn't be, and this is Republican and Democrat alike. We've been sending money over to these ridiculous research labs for Mm -hmm. decades, for decades. And Anthony and Anthony Fauci very clearly purged himself numerous times when he said that we weren't doing gain of function research and we didn't fund this in the Wuhan lab. I don't care. If it went through a subsidiary, it, it is all parsed language that is utter and complete nonsense. This, this stuff should be shut down immediately. I understand. Immediately. I also had a problem, though. Again, I'm going to go back to Trump, where he was praising the president of China during that time. And I thought that was also inappropriate. But Dr. Fauci's not perfect. I'm not going to say he is. But well, he's he, never he's never been right about anything. Well, I, I, cer- mean, I certainly disagree with that. He's an infectious disease doctor that's worked for five different administrations. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to come on the air and say that he's never been right about anything. Well, in 1991, he told that everybody that AIDS was airborne. Then why did Donald Trump hire him? Because he was one of those lifetime bureaucrats. And that is so why did that, he so why did he hire a life so why did he hire a lifetime bureaucrat if you're gonna that criticize- to me is the biggest problem in Washington DC. Well it's not it is not the concept of the deep state that people use colloquially. It is the it is the the 40 year bureaucrat who's been doing things the exact same way and continues to fail upwards. And that's Anthony fine, Fauci but isn't made it a career out of failing upwards? Isn't it a fair criticism then when Donald Trump said he was going to drain the swamp? He's the one who hired him. Nobody forced him to. So would you criticize Donald Trump? He's the guy who claimed he only hires the best people. He didn't have to hire Dr. Fauci. He didn't have to hire Michael Cohen as his attorney or Sidney Powell or all these people around him that are either felons now or went to jail or are now flipping and testifying against him. It was the guy that you voted for. Well, Donald Sidney, Trump. Well, Sidney Powell was never his attorney. She was Michael Flynn's attorney. That's 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 important. To understand. Donald Trump is Donald and, Trump and has said that he that Sidney I, Powell worked for him. As, as as his attorney. He's actually on audio saying that. I want to be clear about many of the Georgia cases because this, sure. this, this is something, uh, particularly the Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis uh, uh, guilty plea. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, a lot of the reason, and I don't, I don't care if it's a speeding ticket or if it's a low-level crime or if it's what you consider yep. election tampering, most people plead guilty to things because they don't have the money to defend themselves. Jenna Ellis was able to raise a quarter million dollars for a defense, and that still wasn't enough because it turns out the government has a never-ending supply of money. Now, whenever anyone pleads guilty to any crime in that sort of plea deal, you agree to testify if the government needs you to. So I don't think any of them will end up testifying against Donald Trump. So you Trump. think, Mark, I just want to get you right. You think all the people that have flipped on Donald Trump, including Mark Meadows and Sidney Powell, have only pleaded guilty because they don't have money for representation? I don't know about Mark Meadows, but I'm going to say Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis for sure. They don't have any money. So you think it, it cost more than a quarter of a million dollars to represent 100%. Jenna Ellis in this case? And that's why she pled guilty? A hundred percent. So why haven't they said that then? Why haven't they gone publicly? Jenna Ellis seems to go public about everything in her defense, but she didn't go public about that. She claimed that she was innocent, and then all of a sudden she cries in the courtroom. Was that an acting job when she cried in the courtroom and said she was sorry for ever getting involved? What what, what was that? Is she like an Oscar-winning actress when she got emotional in the courtroom and said she was wrong? 
No, I think that she didn't want to plead guilty because she knew what she was talking about. And she really hasn't. And since the guilty plea, she really hasn't said much about the Georgia case, because I'm pretty sure uh, uh, that is part of the uh, mm-hmm. part of the plea agreement to, to not speak about the ongoing proceedings. But so we'll see what happens once uh, once they're quote, called to testify. But I don't it just seems like a lot of these cases, many of these cases are politically motivated for a number of reasons. First one being one of them takes place the day before Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's all about stopping the president from being able to campaign. If so, not, why would this why would this um Georgia case be drawn out so many times all over the place? It is simply just about to get the headline every single day. So, 2 days ago Donald Trump test uh, Donald Trump Jr testified Today, uh, yesterday, Eric Trump testified. Right. I believe Ivanka testified sure. this week. Right. It's just about getting the headlines. So the normie out there goes, well, so, if there's this much smoke, there must be fire. Okay, so if it's about the headlines when it comes to all the legal troubles that Donald Trump is facing, and by the way, he's facing a lot of legal troubles with 91 felony counts, then is it also political when we talk about Hunter Biden or you talk about Hunter Biden's laptop or the Biden crime family? Or it's not political at all when we talk about a Democrat like Joe Biden or a private citizen Hunter Biden. Is that politically motivated or that's not politically motivated and everything that Trump is accused of is? It's 100 percent politically motivated that Hunter Biden has a different set of laws than everybody else. You can't buy a gun if you're high on crack. That's a rule. He was indicted on that. He, he, and, he was found and then guilty he got, on that. And, and then he got a sweetheart deal where he never had to it face any jail. It was not a sweetheart deal. If you ask any, poli- uh, not, excuse me, any lawmaker that's not biased, they will tell you based on that charge, an unloaded gun that he didn't commit a crime with for 11 days, he did not get a sweetheart deal. In fact, he was indicted again. So with all due respect, sir, you're just most, flat out wrong. Most people who have felony gun charges spend time in jail. What type of felony gun charge? Have they been a convict before? Was it a loaded gun? Did they commit a crime with the gun? Sir, he didn't commit a crime with the gun. It was unloaded for 11 days. And if you ask somebody that's not biased and actually look at the case, they will tell you he actually got not a slap on the wrist. In fact, the opposite. And he's been indicted again. So you're telling me to go back to what we said earlier. Mm-hmm. None of this stuff on Hunter Biden or the Biden crime family is political at all from people on the right, but everything that Donald Trump is facing, the 91 felony counts, Jack Smith, by the way, who's also indicted and convicted Democrats like John Edwards, but that's all political, but everything going after Biden and Biden's family is not. Can you understand why somebody like me would think that's a little bit ridiculous? No, because Joe Biden spent his entire career in Washington, D.C. You think he doesn't know all these judges in Delaware? If you if you work in any sort of local local uh, uh, political apparatus every single one of the judges is friends with everybody's son everybody's cousin got a job working as a clerk this is the i did this is the swampiness that that exists in this country that's my point that has to be that's that's the point i'm saying is you're making the claim that because joe biden's been in office for this long uh it's all political and everyone on the biden side everybody that's going after the bidens and hunter biden it's uh, you know uh they're getting sweetheart deals and everything is all political when it comes to Donald Trump and a Republican. And I just respectfully disagree with you. Donald Trump is facing 91 felony counts in this country. He's innocent until proven guilty. He apparently he's a billionaire, which, by the way, I don't believe. But apparently he's got a lot of money, even though he won't help Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. But he's going to have his day in court. And the excuse can't be, well, he doesn't have the money. So if Donald Trump is convicted, if he's an actual felon, Will you stand by it and say, okay, well, the courts made the decision. He's a convicted felon. Or will you still say what you're saying today was this is all political, hack judges, and he's an innocent man? Well, by very definition, he would be a convicted felon. I know. I understand, but I'm just asking your opinion. That's all. 
No, I honestly, I think that, as I said before, you show me the man and I'll find you the crime. And the, and that's a huge problem. When you have people like like the attorney general of New York, Letitia James, mm-hmm. her the only thing she ran on was getting Donald Trump. She didn't say for what, but she's going to get Donald Trump. So, and I'm just curious sure. as how that how do that how that is a campaign platform, particularly sure. when you have a guy like Alvin Bragg in New York who is solely indicting Donald Trump and. This is obviously so we're going to agree on this. We're going to agree. We're going to go agree on this, Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin. I do believe that brag. I believe that that was politically motivated. And of the four indictments, I think that's the weakest. But I want to go by something you said, because I think this is important. You're going by a campaign platform. You're talking about Letitia James. In in 2016, Donald Trump really went, ran on two platforms besides saying make America great again every five seconds. He said two things in 2016 when he was running against Hillary Clinton. He said, I want to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. And then he said, I'm going to hire a special prosecutor to prosecute Hillary Clinton. He built 16% of the wall and Mexico didn't pay one dime for it. Not only was Hillary Clinton not convicted, not only was she not indicted, but he never even hired a special prosecutor. So would you also admit that Donald Trump ran on two failed policies and give the same, I guess, notion to Donald Trump back in 2016 as you would to Letitia James? No, because I don't think that... Donald Trump ever intended on doing it. I think we don't go after our political opponents. What do you I mean he never? So he's a liar then, you're saying? No. He didn't intend oh, right. on building a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it, but he said no, it No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Hillary Clinton thing. Okay, so why we would he say that then? Because we don't go after our political opponents. Okay, but he's the one who said it. He ran on that. Every campaign stop, lock her up, lock her up. I'm going to hire a special... Audi- that was the audience chanting it, not him. Okay, but he's the one who said he was going to hire a special prosecutor... And he was going to convict her and investigate her and convict her. Isn't that a lie? And isn't he doing exactly what you're claiming Letitia James did? That's all I'm asking you. And how no, do you because do- she's actually doing it? <laughs> OK, well, that's actually a campaign promise. Would it not be? So you think it's OK to go after somebody without having a look if I'm they not- broke the law and she I'm thinks they broke right the now- law 100 percent. She didn't know he broke the law. She didn't she didn't know what law he broke when she said it. All How she do you was know saying that? was, I'm going to get him. How do you know that? How do you know what she knew and what she didn't know? You're making an assumption and you have no idea what she knew or what she didn't because do. Because when she ran for office, like what was stopping her from doing it at that exact time? If she knew that Donald Trump committed a crime in that moment while she was running, she was the attorney general. Why didn't she Could it be possible? Could it be possible that maybe she was collecting information and she didn't want to give it all out at that time? All I'm saying is we don't know. For six years? Or is it possible she was just trying to dig something up? Uh, it, it, I'm sorry. If I, I if I think somebody committed a crime, it's not going to take me six years to figure it out. Okay. Well, I think it depends on who you talk to. But again, the point I'm trying to make, Kevin, and I brought up the other point, which Trump said he was going to build a wall and Mexico and he was going sto- to pay and he, for it. And he was stopped by a Democratic House from doing it. What do you mean? He built he, he built 16% of the wall and Mexico did not pay for it. Isn't that a, a campaign promise and failed policy? Well, I think I think a lot of people get into office and aren't able to achieve a lot of the stuff they said they were going to do. Barack Obama said he was going to close Guantanamo Bay. Joe Biden said he was going to fix the economy. This is just the world we're living in. And not not every campaign promise can be filled. And the fact of the matter is he built almost 500 miles of the wall. 16%. The, what was that? 16% of the wall that he said he was going to build has been built. 16%. Yes. Which is it's a which, big, which is it's not a big, big border. Yeah. Well, I understand that, but then maybe you shouldn't campaign on I'm going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. Maybe you should say it's a big border. I'll do my best and I'll try to do what I can. That's not what Donald Trump said. 
Well, he built the wall until he lost the House of Representatives, and then they took the money away from him. Now all the parts are sitting out in the desert, rotting mm -hmm. the ones that Joe Biden didn't sell for pennies on the dollar, while we see record-level border crossings into this country. I guess I guess uh, I do agree that the border, it is a crisis. I'm not one of those people that denies that. We do have a crisis at the border. But I would also say that this is not a republic, and you can tell me if you disagree or not, Kevin. That's why you're here. Uh, I would say it's not a Republican problem or a Democrat problem. It's an American problem. We have a lot of people in this country that overstay their visas. Uh, we do have people that are crossing the border. I wouldn't characterize it as an open border, but if we're going to point fingers and we're going to say more people are dying of fentanyl under the Joe Biden administration, well, 300,000 people died of drug overdoses over the Donald Trump during the Donald Trump years as well. We have an imperfect country. We do have a crisis at the border. Republicans and Democrats need to come together to come up with solutions. I haven't heard anything from Republicans other than we need to build a wall, which I don't think that's going to solve our problems. Well, walls work, number one. Remember when walls were racist and then Joe Biden, uh, what was it, like two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to start building the wall again. So it, it is it is mind-blowing Joe to Biden me didn't that, say we're going to start. Where did you get that, that Joe Biden said he's going to start building the wall again? I never heard him make that statement. Let me pull it up. I know that a part of the wall was built because he had to because of Congress uh, and appropriation funds that were put to a certain spot. And he actually said there was nothing he can do about that. But I've never heard I got it from I got it from NPR. Biden administration is building a controversial part of the border wall in Texas. Right. And I thought I thought right. well, I thought I thought that walls were racist. So the reason why so that Joe Biden a racist. Uh, well, I don't know if Joe Biden ever said walls are racist. Uh, I don't recall any top Democrat that ever said that. And if they did, Nancy I would, Pelosi. OK, well, I would disagree with that statement if Nancy Pelosi made that statement. But a portion of the wall in Texas being built when allocation of funds from Congress forced him to build that wall is a different characterization than you saying Joe Biden said, maybe we better build that wall because Joe Biden never said that. Well, he's currently doing it. This is from because NPR. He has to. Literally because the he most has lefty. To. But walls are racist. Okay, so Joe Biden I was told I was told that if I wanted to build the wall, it was because I was a racist. Okay, that was well, what the entire Democratic apparatus. I mean, I think said Donald, for numerous okay. numerous years. Well, I mean, I think Donald Trump is racist. In Playboy magazine, he was interviewed and he said he didn't want uh, black people to count his money in his casinos. He wanted Jews to count his money. So, would you consider that to be racist? And Joe Biden said he didn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle. It turns out that we lived in a different time when people said stupid so, stuff. So, and I and look and and I want and I don't care who it is. I'm not going to take the words of anyone in Playboy magazine seriously. Let's be honest here. Okay, but you'll take the words of Donald Trump seriously though. A man that said he wanted to rip up the Constitution, who uh, said about General Milley, oh, he would have been executed back in the day. A man that's attacked women on looks, who said John McCain didn't respect him because he was captured. The man who defended the Confederate flag when NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. Which, and that's which, the guy that you take seriously? First off, the John McCain comment wasn't even Donald Trump's original comment. It was a Chris Rock joke from eight years no, ago. No, it was. I have the exact comment here. I yes, tend to not it respect. A, it was a Chris Rock joke from like a decade before he said it. So you think Donald, you think that's an appropriate thing to say when you're running for president of the United States, a man that served this country honorably, that was a POW and Donald Trump saying in an interview, I don't respect him because he was captured. And your excuse for that is, oh, that was just a joke that Chris Rock made years earlier. And you're defending that? Well, nobody was upset when Chris Rock did it. Chris Rock is a comedian. Donald Trump is running for the president of the United if, States. If, if, anyone has ever, if, anyone has ever watched, if anyone has ever watched a Donald Trump speech, that is inherently a stand-up comic act. He's an, he's, he's an So you want our president to be an and entertainer. He, he and regularly promotes hyperbole and goes out of his way to say obnoxious things because he, he likes the crowd. So, so you're defending Donald Trump 
attacking a POW saying I don't respect mm. him because he was captured and you're No, def- I don't think you should have said it. But I think the I think the 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 outrage over it was something that people it's could It's despicable to anybody who served this country honorably. How do you not see that? I don't think he should have said it. What I'm saying is it was a joke from a decade before. It's not like he came up with some new theory all So of a, a president or a politician should quote controversial jokes from comedians. I think anyone can say any joke they want. I think anyone has the right to say any joke they want, but I think it's extremely disrespectful to our brave men and women in uniform, and I'm surprised you won't admit that. No, no, no. I, I said he shouldn't have said okay. it. But, but, I, I, 100% he shouldn't I have I appreciate said it. that. But, it, but it's the fact that people, the fact that a person who has spoken public their entire lives, and we do this all the time on the internet, and I, I try not to do it, right. but a lot of people do, is that I do eight hours worth of programming a week. Sure. And I'm sure I have said something untort, something that was sure. taken out of context. Something I don't that disagree. I didn't say correctly. Hey, Kev, Kev, they're going to hang on it forever. Kev, I, I don't disagree with you. Of Kevin, I don't disagree with you. But here's the difference. You're a podcaster. I'm a radio host. He's got an enormous platform as arguably mm-hmm. the most famous man on the planet. There's a difference. There's a difference when you say, I won the election in a landslide from questioning an election. He lied. You just said, no, no. You just said that I'm supposed to take something he said in Playboy magazine in 1991. Seriously, wasn't running for president then. Okay. You don't have to be running for president then to show your true colors on whether you're a racist or not, my friend. And the bottom line is, I don't know why this man continues to go after African-American women. He does that nonstop. I don't know what's in his heart. I could just go by what he says, and I don't think you what have What did you to. say? I'm sorry? What did he say about an African-American woman? I can give you multiple press conferences. Remember the press conference? Or, Shut up. That's a stupid question. Disrespectful to a, a female journalist, another female journalist in front of the White House. You never say, you never ask questions. You always ask stupid questions. He seems to make these incendiary comments about women and their looks, and there's history behind it. 25-plus women that have accused Who, him of... Se- wait a minute. Wait, time out, time out. So if he calls someone... Uh, so he, he's not allowed to, to find someone unattractive and call them ugly. It's not that he's not allowed to do so. I didn't say he was breaking the law. And you bring up African-American women. What does it have to do? Guess what? He also made fun of Jim Acosta and told him to sit down and shut right. up. He did. I, don't, I don't see you getting all hot and bothered. Oh, I, ha- I, I was. I think you're just using the identity. Why? I was. Jim Acosta's Why? an idiot. Okay, well, that's your opinion. Uh, I don't think Jim Acosta's an idiot. I think he challenges Donald Trump, and Donald Trump doesn't like to be challenged. And when Donald Trump has said over time and time again that the media, the, the, the press, is the enemy of the people, they're not the enemy of the people. You can choose yes, they who- are. All right. Well, you can have that opinion if you like, but uh, the bottom line is Donald Trump doesn't like to be challenged and he attacks every single person that disagrees with him literally on anything. Eventually he does. And he wants loyalty. He wants you to kiss, kiss his ring. That's the way that's that's who Donald Trump is. But if we're going to talk about women, he's got 25 plus women that have accused him of sexual assault or rape. And he's now found a liable rapist in a courtroom. He has multiple kids with three ex-wives. I don't think that's yeah. funny. I think that's despicable. No, I think it's hilarious that you think that Donald Trump, the guy who was the king of New York, could walk into a department store in the 1980s and no one notice him. No well, one. That is the most that of all the charges okay. is the most fabricated one. He was the most famous okay. man in New York for four decades. You think yeah. he could just walk into a department store, scoop some woman right. up? How, and how throw famous? Her into a, going a, by your standards, everybody in Hollywood knew who Harvey Weinstein was. How is it that Harvey Weinstein? What about Bill Cosby? Everybody knew who Bill Cosby was. 
Hundreds of women were sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby. Your analogy and your statement makes absolutely no sense. Bill Cosby was the most famous person in the world at that time. And I've interviewed people that have been raped by Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. He is a convicted rapist. So just because the idea that somebody no, is because recognizable. Your assertion is, yeah, that all happened in private. Your assertion is that Donald Trump could sexually assault somebody in public and no one's going to notice a, first for of all, 45 years. It was in a private dressing room and a jury disagreed with you. And that's why he was found liable of rape. Rape. Why is it every single time I bring up anything involving Donald Trump, he can't do anything wrong. He never did anything wrong. It was a joke from Chris Rock 10 years ago. I haven't heard you criticize Donald Trump once, but yet when it comes to any I'll Democrat- criticize him right now. I'm ready. I think he was too soft on Anthony Fauci and he shouldn't have hired John Bolton. And that's your biggest criticism of Donald Trump? He was no, too soft on that, Dr. That, Fauci? Just, well, the Fauci one is because we talked about it earlier. But gotcha. the John Bolton one is something that really bothered me. So I, all the other... I, I, I'm a very anti-war guy, so... And listen, I don't want war either. I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line here is that sometimes it, war is inevitable... But oh, yeah. the only point, Unfortunately. listen, listen, we could have really good conversations, right? I mm -hmm. can, I could go on and on with you forever. And I think it's, it's, it's good conversation to have the only, you know, and, and I want to call out a Democrat. Okay. If you can find me a Democrat that said something horrible or did something horrible, I am on your side 150%. Let me give you one other quick point, And this is my frustration with some Republicans, not you, mm -hmm. but some Republicans, right? I remember when Mitch McConnell froze, right? And you know, we can uh, disagree, like or dislike McConnell. I would imagine you probably don't like him much more than I do, but mm. um, he froze. Democrats all over the country wishing him well. Joe Biden picks up the phone. It wasn't Donald Trump that picked up the phone. How are you doing? Are you okay? I didn't hear anybody calling him a vegetable, but when Fetterman has a stroke, Matt Gates, Ted Cruz, Republicans all over the place are attacking Fetterman and calling him a vegetable. The guy can't talk. When Na I don't like Nancy Pelosi. I'm not a big Nancy Pelosi fan. But when Paul Pelosi was attacked with a hammer and it was proven that they did not know each other, we heard the conspiracy theories from the Republicans. It was a gay relationship. He let himself in. Guess what? Some politicians were making those statements. I didn't hear one retraction. But when Mitch McConnell freezes up, Democrats all over the country in office, we wish him well. We wish him the best. That is a big distinction today between Republicans and Democrats, in my opinion. And I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. Well, first of all, I think that the Mitch McConnell freezing thing, along with the the incredibly sad uh, episode that was Diane Feinstein, mm -hmm. I, I I was horrified mm -hmm. at what they put that poor woman through. Yes, I think that is the biggest uh, um, uh Example of why we need term limits and maybe people shouldn't be making an entire. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Congress. But I, I don't disagree. But that was not what I asked you. But we agree on. Well, that. I think. Well, first off, I think that the people of Pennsylvania elected John Fetterman for whatever reason they decided to. I think it was bad candidates. I think that that's Dr. a different Oz topic. A you, you have the right. You have the right to feel that way. Yeah. Uh, but but that's not what I'm asking you. Why is it that Republicans? I don't think, I don't think John Fetterman is fit to serve. And that's fine. You have that opinion. But what I'm trying to explain to you is that Republicans like in office, like Matt Gates, were calling him a vegetable. Can you name me one Democrat in office that called Mitch McConnell a vegetable or use that kind of vile language? It's called empathy. And I don't think a lot of the extreme MAGA Republicans have it, quite frankly, sir. Well, that's because we haven't been given the same sort of grace for the last 50 years. We've been lied to by both Republicans and Democrats. I got news for you, okay? I am, I am, I am a staunch Republican, and there is no person you probably will ever interview that hates most Republicans as much as I do. I think that a lot of people have been pushed mm -hmm. to the level of where we're at right now because of years yeah. worth of uniparty nonsense. But even if that's look, true, even if what you're look, saying, I don't want, yeah. I don't want John Fetterman to be, uh, mm -hmm. to be uh, chastised. And if people said that, maybe they shouldn't have said it. I think the biggest problem 
problem with John Fetterman, like Mitch McConnell, like Dianne Feinstein, like I'm sure we can come up with a several different names of people. Mm-hmm. They are not fit to be in office. But Donald Trump is. Donald Trump has his faculties. All right. It's not about age. I want to make it very clear. It's not about age. There are there are but it's about age with Joe. But it's about age with Joe Biden. No, no, no. It is not about the number. There are eighty. There are people Joe Biden's age who still run marathons. Mm -hmm. I can't run a marathon. It is. There are people like John Fetterman who I think is in his Mm -hmm. forties, his mid Mm forties, who clearly are not able to serve. So why is he not able to serve? Because he doesn't have his mental faculties together. Are you uh, because uh, who who did you get that from? Have you given him a physical? I watch him. Because you watch him, you don't. Think I watch he's fit him. To I watch him repeatedly. Okay. Go, oh, just say the word. He loses train sure. of his thought. Okay, let me ask you a question then. Me. Okay, let's go with that. Uh, Donald Trump was just in Iowa. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He meant he didn't know what city he was in. Two weeks ago, he just said you need to have ID to buy bread. So would you apply the same standard to Donald Trump, who I would imagine you still support? No, I think that someone on the campaign trail, as I said, going into hyperbole, doing an entertaining act, is a lot different than being in in the Senate. In the what's supposed to so be the not most knowing, deliberative chamber, not knowing ever. what city you're in is a hyperbole. And Every, look, and I and look, you can come back to me when 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 we get full swing into like mm-hmm. uh, the the primary season. Mm-hmm. These people, look, any person who forgets whether they're in Iowa or New Hampshire, it's probably just because they were traveling. The one you're mentioning is because that day Donald Trump did two different stops in Iowa, twenty minutes apart. Gotcha. Now listen, that might be fair. I want to be very clear and just said the wrong. I want to be very clear. I probably agree with you, but mm-hmm. the reason why I'm bringing that up is because every single time Joe Biden has a gap, it's his mental acuity, and everybody all of a sudden is a physician. I don't. I, I buy he what is you're not saying. He is not the same man that was the vice president of the United States. And that very well might be true, but Joe, uh, but Donald Trump is no spring chicken either. Have you seen the way he walks lately? Have you seen his golf swing? Have you seen the way he speaks? He thinks you needed ID to buy bread, and he thought well, he beat, my he thought Jeb bad. Bush, he thought he beat Jeb Bush in the elections. The he guy, did beat Jeb Bush. <laughs> but that's not the way he characterized it. He thought he wait, ran wait, against Are him. you saying that Jeb Bush won the primary? I mean, no, I'm not. He beat Jeb Bush. Jeb, he claimed that Jeb Bush started the Iraq war. This happened three weeks ago. Yes, All- and getting so because he got brothers mixed up. I want to know what Joe Biden meant when he said he was going to true and unshop at a pressure. Or when he was going to get us all bad at calf care. I mean, this has been going on for a while now. And the problem is, is that Joe Biden didn't have the campaign in 2020. He campaigned from the basement. The nonsense that went on in Pennsylvania and Arizona. I mean, it is it is. I I feel bad for some of these older politicians. I I don't think you can. I don't think I I just well, I do feel bad for Diane Feinstein. She just lost her life. But I what they did, what they did to that woman. uh, The fact that someone in Diane Feinstein's family didn't say stop this is is shameful. I'll say this, though. I I don't disagree with you on that point. I I do agree with you there, as I would for Mitch McConnell Mm -hmm. as well. But I don't agree with the. Joe Biden from the basement stuff uh, when we were going through a global pandemic. And we've been through that before. But here's what I will say. I respect anybody who's willing to have these types of conversations Mm -hmm. and have disagreement. I think it's good discourse. I think it's good to have more of these conversations. And I do have a lot of I do have a lot of respect for you for doing this. And I would love to do it again because I think it's healthy. And I will also invite you if you ever come to Las Vegas. I welcome you to come in studio and we'll grab lunch afterwards on me, my friend. Okay. Absolutely. I'll come on anytime you want. Thank Kevin, you so much Kevin, for having me. Great, great conversation. And I really do appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I hope we'll do it again sometime. Okay. Sounds good. Take Thanks, care. Kevin. All right. That's Kevin Smith. Not the director, by the way. <laughs> I want to be clear. Not the director, uh, but good conversation. We obviously disagree on a lot of things, but I thought it was a really good conversation and he's welcome back anytime. 
And uh, obviously, I disagree with him on some Donald Trump stuff, among other things. But hey, that's here and there. All right, coming up next, let's have some fun. It's Friday. I've been making her wait. I feel bad. Uh, we don't want to make OnlyFans star Nicole Mitchell wait. She's going to be joining us next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. It's Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies, and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, moochesmunchies.com, and find out why we say that Mooch's Munchies are totally possum. 
Zinworld Premium CBD offers full and broad-spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223, visit online at zinworld.com, or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KS. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday, and that means it's fun Friday time. And uh, I always love this segment. It's Actually, I look forward to it every week to get away from the, the crazy political arguments that I always have. Of course, I'm talking about the OnlyFans model and the internet sensation and my friend, the beautiful Nicole Mitchell joining us right now. Nicole, looking great as always. It's good to see you. How are you? Thank you, Brian. I am so good. How are you doing? Uh, uh, you know, every single time you come on, it's usually after a really strong heated debate or phone call. But I'm 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 down now level keel, Nicole. So I'm doing a little bit better. Good to see you. Uh, I hate to start with some sad news, but, you know, I grew up with the show Friends and I'm sure you did as well. And, you know, the big news this week from um, Celebrity World, right? The pop culture world was the passing of, of Matthew Perry. What went through your mind the first time when you heard about it? I bawled my eyes out. And you know, what's crazy because of my religious upbringing. I never watched friends. I am really? so uncultured. Oh. I know I'm so deprived. It's like such a pop culture icon, iconic show that I just know nothing about, <laughs> but he's so yeah. freaking young. Yeah. He was 50. Yeah. Right. Or early fifties, late forties. Yeah. Early fifties. Yeah, just yep. like, yep. So young. And it just goes that fast. And I'm just like, yeah, this, we have, well, uh, we, it makes me want to cherish life that much more. I think what's even more tragic about the, the loss of Matthew Perry is that the last couple of years he talked about his sobriety. Listen, he yeah. abused his body, did a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. And the last couple of years you see it. I mean, this was a really, really good looking guy, you know, back in the day when he was doing friends and, and, and he was healthier, really good looking guy. And the last couple of years, with all due respect, he, he just, he beat up his body, man. He yeah. beat up his body and he gained weight and he had surgeries and, um, the, the story that we have is he, he had just bought this new house like a couple weeks ago, I guess. And he had played pickleball that morning. And then he went into his jacuzzi, which he did a lot uh, in the last several weeks. And it appears to me that he probably had a heart attack, um, that his heart gave out. And it, it is really sad. And what's even more sad about it is that he wanted to help others, people that suffered from substance abuse and, and whether it be a drinking problem, whatever the case may be. He made it a point to help other people that reached out to him. And that's what's so sad. And it looked like he was starting his second life being clean. And yeah, yeah, life is precious, man. And and Matt Perry, uh, he was one of the good ones. You know, he's one of those guys that stayed out of legal trouble, uh, treated people with respect while he was a private guy. Um, Seemed like he had a really nice, really nice family. And uh, yeah, my heart goes out to his family, a legend. And you know, life is precious, man. Life is short. I guess he just uh, was directing a, a new movie and he just signed to another movie and he had a lot of new projects going on. But um, I go back and I watch Friends and uh, there's no doubt one of the most iconic TV shows of all time, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's heartbreaking. And yeah, taking care of our bodies. We take care of our loved ones. And I am really glad you brought up all the help he's done because yeah. I've read story after story after story of people he's helped with, people that he went to AA with for a year to support them in their sobriety. Like he 
went that extra mile because he had lived that experience. And I'm so sad his life was cut so short because he was helping so many people. Yeah, no question about that. So uh, I speak for both of us, I think, when I say thoughts and prayers to his family. And uh, he certainly will never be forgotten and, and certainly was a legend uh, in, in his craft and, and a good dude. So, um, you know, another person who certainly is a legend in their craft, I'll be honest with you, I was never a huge Britney Spears fan. I always had a crush on her growing up. But... um just not my genre of music, you know. Uh, I don't think she was ever labeled a musician. She was more of an entertainer, which I think is a fair label, and I think she'd probably agree to that. Um, so she puts out this memoir, right? And it's just flying off the shelves. And and I'm going to give you my reasons for that, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. I think it's probably one of the most honest memoirs you'll ever read. Uh, it's, it talks about everything from her brutal family and the conservatorship. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you call it to having, uh, an abortion and Justin Timberlake kind of coercing her into getting that abortion at her home, um, and being a child star. I mean, she was a star before she was hit me baby one more time. She was a, she was a star on TV when she was like seven or eight years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so she never really had a normal life, but this memoir kind of portrays her in my opinion. In a different way than the media portrays her. The media will portray her as psycho, anger management, crazy person, suicidal, can't hold a man down, terrible daughter. You know, there's a lot of members of the media that do that. And, and, and cause I read this and it, it really talks about her suffering. Just because she's this famous, wealthy person, the suffering and the personal struggles she's had in her life with her own family and with boyfriends and, it really got me thinking differently about Britney Spears and re- in a way really feeling sorry for her. How do, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I'm dying to read her book. So like I have it here. I got it in the mail. I, for those of you who are listening to radio, I'm holding it up on camera. This is Britney Spears, the woman in me. Um, I, I'm so excited because it's like the first time we, the world gets to hear from her mouth directly, not what her dad is saying on her behalf, not what her agency is saying on her behalf, not what her sister is saying on her behalf. Like this is straight from Britney's mouth. And I think we've all wanted to know because we've seen her life has been public since she was a little girl. We've seen all the crap she's been through and the drama and the pain and the heartbreak, the suffering like you named and to finally read it from her words. Yeah, we want to know. So it wasn't shocking to me that She's like a New York Times bestseller. Over 1.1 million books were sold within a week. I am like so happy for her because she deserves success and recognition on her terms, not her dad, not her manager. Like this is Brittany Mm -hmm. telling her story, getting her truth out, being recognized now as the woman that she is, Mm -hmm. not the child that's been controlled and censored and monitored her whole life. And so I hope this brings some healing to her and I hope Mm -hmm. the public treats her better. I, as a result of I agree with everything you said. You know, some people, they write books, you know, most people write books so they can make money. I'm not sure that was the case with Brittany because she has already a lot of money. She's going to make a lot of money off of this, but I don't think she did this for the money. I really don't. I think she did it because she just wanted to tell her story and be personal, yeah. personable. And, and I think it's great. Uh, and I certainly have a lot more respect for her now than maybe I did before I read this. So I, I recommend mm-hmm. anybody read the book, um, Trials and Tribulations. If I'm Brittany, I'm just, you know, enjoy life. Go into the sunset and enjoy life. And if you never want to perform again, then don't. If you do, then do what makes you happy. But don't get on stage just for the money. Do it if you enjoy it. Life is short. And she's had a pretty crazy, uh, what, how old is she now? She's in her late 30s or 40s already. Yeah, like uh, early 40s. Yeah, I mean, mean, enjoy life, man. Just enjoy life and and be around. And and I hope she makes amends with her family members. I don't know if that'll ever happen, especially with her dad. But um, 
Uh, I don't think she'll be talking to Justin Timberlake anytime soon. I can't imagine he's happy with her these days. But she also admitted to cheating, right? She admitted mm-hmm. to cheating on Justin Timberlake um, with a professional dancer who I believe was a was a choreographer. Um, and she she admitted that, you know, and uh, I think that takes a little bit of courage to own your mistakes and admit that to the world. And she did that. Um, so I do have respect for her uh, for doing that as well. I didn't even get to ask you, how was your Halloween, by the way? It was so good. I mean, it wasn't as good as yours. You were famous and had this famous party vibes and you're <laughs> this cool Ghostbuster. I was Cruella DeVille. Nice. And I just went around my neighborhood and did all the trick-or-treating with my kids, went to another neighborhood. Like we just got all the candy. We had so much fun and I was exhausted by the end of it. Isn't it crazy that Christmas is right around the corner? I mean, you know, ah! I, I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast where it was always cold and crappy and for, but um, in the wintertime. But here in Vegas, you kind of forget because it's like 70 degrees. I don't want to make you jealous, mm-hmm. but it's like 70 degrees right now in Vegas. And the weather couldn't even be perfect. So yesterday, uh, Nicole, I'll have to take you to this place. Uh, it's called Sherry. It's a new rooftop bar at Paris. And I was out there with uh, Paul McKeskey, his wife, and a friend of mine. And and I was invited to go out there. It was like their grand opening yesterday. And I was thinking to myself, because it's right across the street from the Bellagio Fountains. It's like, it's oh a beautiful, but the eyesore is the F1. And we have mm-hmm. this big F1 race here in a few weeks. I just can't wait till it's over with already. Mm-hmm. But you got stands everywhere, construction everywhere. They're taking down trees. And it's just like, oh my God, man, I just want this F1 to get out of town. But I'm not really much of a race car fan. And at the same time, I understand it's great for the economy, right? And it's bringing in all this money. But for me, it just brings me a headache. It's for anyone who lives there locally, I think it's bringing a headache. So fun for everyone else. Not right. so fun for you guys. Exactly. How was, how was your Halloween? How was your party? It was good. Uh, mutual friend of mine, uh, Jay Bloom, uh, who uh, puts in a lot of money and a, and a lot of effort into some of these parties that he throws. And uh, the, it was a Ghostbusters theme. So the guy who sings the Ghostbusters movie, Ray Parker Jr. performed. He performed the song. I got to meet him after and got a picture with him. Uh, and, uh, Debbie Gibson, I've always had a big crush on her growing up. So it was actually nice to meet her and talk to her for a few minutes. She was at the party and I got a picture with her. A lot of local politicians and local celebrities and magicians and people were there, man. It was just a good time. You know, it was nice just to be able to go to a party with a bunch of good people and the food was out of this world. Awesome. No uh, way. Yeah. Was, you ha- were they like trays everywhere? Did well, they have like a buffet style? Setting? They had, what do you call that? Where you have the chocolate fountain thing. They had that going with the Ghostbuster marshmallows and all the Ghostbusters themed desserts. They had a skeleton out there. I would imagine it wasn't a real skeleton, right? A fake skeleton out there. And on this table of this skeleton, all the meats and all the cheeses and all that. I took a picture oh. of that. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it before. It was so good. And the food was phenomenal. They had a guy that was wrapping cigars up there outside. So we were, oh able, to, my yeah, God. We were able to smoke a cigar outside. And, and man, it's the most fun I've had on Halloween in a long time. It was really a good time. And thanks to Jay for putting on wow. the party. because uh, And a lot of recognizable faces. Uh, TK, who's a friend of this show, uh, who's involved in politics. Uh, I met her there for the first time. I met her in person. Um, and I met other people. Uh, Stephen Horse, people from the Stephen Horsford campaign I met. Uh, and probably, probably our next, uh, our next mayor, uh, she was there as well. And I also met the Trump impersonator, John D. Domenico, who was at this party. Yeah. I finally met him in person and he wants me to show up at some of his Trump press conferences. So I might be doing that next week. So, oh, uh, yeah. my gosh. how does that feel to be so powerful and influential, Brian? Oh, Tell I'm the not. World. They are. I'm not. They are. <laughs> 
but uh, but I appreciate you saying that. But they are, uh, you know. I always like, you know. It's always we've talked about this before, Nicole. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to when you admire somebody for their their craft, their talent, and then when you actually get to meet them and you see they're even just as nice, even not nicer of a person than as talented as they are in their career, and, and they're just great people, and that, and that's really cool, you know. Now it goes the other way too. Celebrities are just every regular day people. Yep. Some people are bad people. Some people are good people. Some people are social. Some people are anti-social. It doesn't matter whether you're a celebrity or not, but when you meet that celebrity, that's just the nicest person in the world. Uh, it makes me a bigger fan. If that makes yes, sense. You know? It does. And it makes your heart feel good. And it's like, it's nice when their persona or the reputation matches them. And it's I've had some, thought. I've had yep. some bad experiences too, right. As I'm yeah. sure you've had, but, uh, a great experience that I can remember was um, I saw an Adam Sandler concert about 15 years ago, right? And I was in radio 15 years ago. I'm old. And uh, I got a backstage pass and usually a backstage pass to see a musician, unless you're friends or family. It's usually you get 10 seconds, quick picture, mm-hmm. quick autograph. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So I'm backstage and it was only, luckily there were only like 10 people that had these backstage wow. passes. And um, we go back there and I'm figuring, Oh, this is cool. I get to meet Adam Sandler. He insists that we stay in his room and he offers us drinks and food. And literally we were hanging out backstage with Adam Sandler and I was talking to him about some of his movies, uh, for literally an hour. Um, and I walked at it. I'm like, did that really just happen? Like the coolest guy in the world. Right. Um, and this was after his show where he was on stage for an hour and a half. You'd think he was tired. Oh my God, man. He was such a nice guy. And I became a bigger Adam Sandler fan even after that, you know? Wow. That is amazing. So when was it? What year was this? 15 years ago, about. Uh, I'm going to say it was around 2005, 2006 ish, somewhere around there where he toured. And it was, uh, it was pretty damn cool. Maybe 2007. I, I think it was like around 14, 15 years ago. And listen, then you meet people that are, um, a disappointment that's going to happen. Um, and there's really, uh, not much you could do about that. Justin Timberlake was one of those people. So, um, you know, yeah. you, you meet certain people that you like, you meet certain people that you don't like. Um, the lead singer of the band stained Aaron Lewis is a complete a-hole. He's just a jerk. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, he grew up close to where I grew up and didn't want to have any type of conversation, just a, just a complete blow off. And Ed Norton is a guy that brilliant actor, right? You know, who Ed Norton is, I would assume. I'm Googling him okay. right now. <laughs> I know you haven't watched a lot of movies in your life, but Ed Norton is, uh, in my lifetime, I think we uh, most of us would agree, is one of the best actors, certainly, in my lifetime and couldn't be a bigger jerk. And it's so disappointing. No way. Such a big fan, such a big fan of his his movies. No. And he just was not a very nice person. Listen, I also understand you catch people on a bad day, and I get that. But um, like I said, um, some human beings are bad people some are good people some are nice some are not so nice you know oh i, lo- I love out well, good Walt- thing we're in the good we're in the good category so everyone is listening when you meet brian yes. brian he's a real <laughs> deal he's so fun he's so great to hang out with. sometimes when you can meet me i think i'm the same i think i'm fun and delightful you are. so we're on the good side you absolutely this. are that's life there's good people there's bad people there's famous people <laughs> yeah they're regular people uh just like everybody else uh and and that's just i guess the way it goes what do you got going on this weekend what am I doing this weekend? So first, oh, I'm currently house shopping oh. and I found a house two days ago that I love. And so tonight is like all the dumb paperwork where like all your, your income and all your tax returns and all the dumb stuff that I hate gathering together, but super excited about this home that if 
I get it. I would move this month. Congratulations. I'm sure you will. How many, how many bedrooms? Um, six bedrooms. Will you be setting up cameras in your bedroom? Uh, I should have several. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. All the angles. (laughs) I wanted to make, I just wanted to make sure on that. Like I remember, I don't know if you remember the real world, MTV, the real world. And, and, and there's some actually homes that have cameras and it's like 24 seven, you could subscribe and they just have cameras up there and you could see them doing anything. It's not just like sexual stuff. How do you feel yeah. about that? Because I don't know if I'd want a camera on me 24 seven. I don't know if I want one 24 seven, but I'm a sucker for real- reality TV. I want my own version of reality TV show someday. I really like how the Kardashians did it with their original contract. They had um, editing rights. So at any moment they could edit anything. And according to Chris, they almost edited nothing. They kept it raw and real, but I'm just like, I would love that film everything. I like to maintain editing rights. There's anything I want to remove, but I, when, as soon as you said cameras in the house that people could stream to, I'm like, I'm in. All right. So here's where we see what I'm doing. Here's where we might disagree a little bit just on preference, right? I don't care if it's the hottest chick in the world. I don't want to see somebody use the restroom. That's just, (laughs) that's just me now taking a shower, totally different circumstance, but going Number one or number two? No, I don't. I don't need to see that. That's number one. Number two, no matter how hot I think somebody might be, having them sitting at their computer doing work and typing, probably not going to interest me. Or somebody sitting down watching television. I don't know. That's just me. But that's just me. People are different. They like different things. I don't know. Um, I mean, just so it's for for the record, I would close the door when I would go to. The okay, bathroom. good. That's so good to I'm know. Sorry, okay. world. That's you want to get to see it, a little bit of privacy. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah. Like there's, you know, it's from Seinfeld where they, they, where they say there's good naked and bad naked. <laughs> yeah. There's like good sexy and bad sexy. Like I, I, I want to make it entertaining. So I don't know if I would want you to sit and watch me sit at my desk all slumped over, probably picking my nose. Like I want to be <laughs> sexy and classy. Exactly. And right. I mean, I don't know. So I think, uh, you know, just, just keep the cameras on the bed for me and that's fine. But, uh, <laughs> but anything, Deal. I don't, I, I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun to watch Taylor Swift cook some eggs in like an apron and all that'd be great. But, uh, you know, I don't need to see her go to the bathroom. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what do you make of that? I mean, are you familiar with what's going on there with Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey? I mean, it is a craze. There were people dressing up in Halloween outfits, uh, as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I'm like, why don't you leave these two alone, man? I mean, I, by the way, I, I as a person, I really like Taylor Swift a lot. I think she's a really mm-hmm. nice person. And, and I like it when she calls out social injustice. Uh, maybe she doesn't have the best choice in men. And I only say that because Travis Kelsey, not the most honest person as far as relationships with women, as I can see. But at the same time, I wish them the best. And I don't know. I, I, I just loved, I think Taylor Swift's a very intelligent young lady and very talented. I agree. And wouldn't that be crazy, Brian, to know people are dressing up as you? <laughs> yeah, that would we be weird. We should challenge people. Guys, next Halloween, <laughs> I need to know who's dressing up as Brian and who's dressing up as Nicole. And we want photos. You got to submit them. I don't know. Are there any bald 43-year-old goatee masks out there? I I don't know. Are there, Justin? Wait. So can we have Brian dressed as Nicole and Nicole dressed as Brian? Oh, boy. I would totally do it. I would totally do it. Sorry, I had to. Well, there's a lot of... I would not do your justice, Nicole. First of all, I'm flat chested. Clearly, you're not. So let's start right there. We'll get you a bosom. Okay. Get me a bosom. Um, uh, I would say that uh, you are in much better physical condition than I am, and you've had kids, which is – I have no excuse, by the way. Uh, You have beautiful hair. I'm bald. Uh, There's wigs. There is, but I have way too much hair. I'm too hairy. I have hair all over my body without getting – We have to do this, They're shaving. 
You think so? I have uh, yeah. Nicole. I have hair growing in all the wrong places. That's my That's problem. Perfect. Makes yeah. it even more entertaining. And then you could wear this white dress. <laughs> I, you know, I would do it. I would do it. And then I would hold up a sign or, or something. I'd say I had transgender surgery at five years old to get all the Republicans angry. You know? Oh my god. Yeah, I would pro- I'd probably I'd probably do that as well. Uh, just to get people that's on brand for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally on brand. I had transgender surgery at four years old and nobody forced me to do it. And then all the Republicans would absolutely hate me for it. Uh, Well, they already do by the way. So that wouldn't be anything new. Well, Nicole, it is always fun catching up with you. When is the next time you're going to be coming to Las Vegas? I don't know, but I need to plan it because we're going to need to hang out because not only do we need to have our pretty woman shopping trip. We need to do the Nicole Bryan body swap. Yes, we do. Experience. Yes, we do. Uh, I can promise you when we do that, nobody's going to want to see me naked, but that's just, (laughs) I'm just putting that on record right now. Nicole, it is always a pleasure catching up with you. I always appreciate the time. I hope you have a lovely weekend with you and your family. And let me know when you get approved for that house, because we're going to have to talk about that. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, Brian. Have Have a great weekend. weekend, Thanks, Nicole. All right. That's Nicole Mitchell, everybody. The OnlyFans model, an extremely large following, pastor turned stripper. She even appeared on Dr. Phil. Are you kidding me? That's my Dr. Phil. Um, and it's always fun catching up with her. Nobody wants to see me try to look like her. It, it, won't, be a, it won't be a good look. We all want that. Uh, I won't be that a good That is look, the man. new thing we all want. Like if you wanted me to look like Rosie O'Donnell, I'd probably have a better chance at that one. But, uh, but Nicole Mitchell, I'm not so sure about that. But hey, if she wants me to do it, man, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. So here's what I would ask of all of you. If you support my show, if you support what I'm doing, um, Check out the Occupy Democrats Facebook page. They put up a lot of my videos up there, and I'm very appreciative of that. And uh, it's getting a lot. I've had, uh, uh, like, uh, I've heard uh, upsets of close to a million views in just a week. A million views on Facebook. Uh, How awesome is that, that a million people have watched my show in the last week? Like, it's hard for me to even fathom that, right? It's great that I'm on the radio. I love the people here at KSHP. They treat me great. And it's great to be on an FM AM station live on the radio, but it's even just as great, if not more, uh, when you have a million people that have watched your show on social media in the last week. So I'm very grateful to Occupy Democrats for uh, putting my contact, uh, my content up on there. And uh, boy, uh, guess who we have on Monday, everybody? It's going to be fun. The Wiener. Yes, Anthony, uh, Anthony Wiener will be joining us on the show on Monday. We're going to talk about a lot of serious topics with him, of course. Uh, including Israel, but Anthony Weiner is going to be joining us on Monday. And then Donald Trump's former campaign advisor, Hogan Gidley, is going to be joining us on Tuesday for a Republican debate preview. So we already got some big guests lined up for next week, so we're going to have some fun, man. So is it going to be the Win and, win and Weiner show, or is Win not going to be on? Uh, I do plan on having Chris Wynn in studio, and maybe I could have another hot take that Chris Wynn can never be a Chippendaler. Yes. Although Chris Farley was. So, you know, there's there's always hope. But uh, yes, I do plan on having Chris Wynn coming in. Uh, UNLV uh, on the road against New Mexico this weekend. Uh, boy, what's going to happen with the Raiders? Have to wait and see. They're at home against the Giants. Um, so maybe they'll be rejuvenated. We'll have to uh, wait and see on that. But I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the support all of you put forth towards the show. And to that caller, who called in first segment that said, I can't rent a car. I have bad news for him. I own a 2018 Dodge Charger. So I'm sorry to tell you, I do own the car and it's in my name and I don't owe any money on it. So thanks for joining us, everybody. I appreciate that. And also my thanks to Kevin Smith. Uh, That was great of him to come on and have a good spirited debate with him. And I appreciate him coming on. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day.